Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Mind Movement Health Podcast. This week on the show, I have a special guest, Amanda Elise Love. Amanda is a registered holistic nutritionist who teaches women to cook simple, healthy meals, along with teaching them about supplements, mindset, and more. She wants you to know the meaning of the word holistic when talking about nutrition and supplements, but she also wants you to think about the word holistic and realize that it means the integration of the mind, body, and spirit when addressing health. So we dive into food intolerances and food allergies and how easy it is to actually cook some amazing food, even if you may have some intolerances or allergies to things like gluten and soy and dairy and eggs, those big four. We also talk about Amanda's own personal health journey and how she works with women to promote health. So let's have a listen in. Hi, I'm Kate Boyle. And welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi, Amanda, and welcome on to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. I feel a nutritionist. I always love having another nutritionist come on the show and share their perspective and how they work with people. And I know you, you know, have had your own sort of health journey and how you've gotten to where you are today. So if you could share that with the listeners for people that aren't familiar with you, that would be great. Yeah, I would love to share that. Um, yeah, I was born six weeks early. And I was just constantly sick. They didn't know what was going on with me. I was put on antibiotics after antibiotics. I was sick pretty much every single week up to I was 14 years old. Um, I moved out of California and I had my parents had divorced when I was six. So I feel like there was some trauma that probably contributed to the sickness. Now looking back but I was still getting sick every four to six weeks. And so I went into high school and I had learning difficulties and out of high school, I was like, I'm gonna do personal training, always loved fitness, always loved nutrition. It's just a passion of mine since I was like probably 10, 11 years old. And I completed that personal training program, did six months, 500 hours, and all of a sudden, I couldn't get out of bed. I was in so much pain. I was so fatigued. And I was like, what is going on with me? I feel like I'm worse than I've ever been before. And I had I turned 20. And they said, 10 months later, they said, I went to one of the top rheumatology places in Mesa, Arizona. And they're like, you have fibromyalgia. And I'm like, what is that? And that's when they just give me... <laughs> gave me a brochure saying what fibromyalgia is. And then they were like, well, here's the medication. And that's the crazy. <laughs> yeah, because the crazy, they're like, well, here's the medication. And I'm only, I'm not even 21 years old at the time of six weeks before my 21st birthday. And they're like, well, here's the medication. 
And then they also said, oh, to my grandmother while I was out of the room, they're like, well, she might be depressed. Well, of course you're depressed when you can't move and you can't, you're so fatigued and you're exhausted. And, and so they're like, well, you could do physical therapy. So I did physical therapy. I did swimming. I did the weight training. Never been overweight in my life. Um, and they were like, well, that's supposed to help with the pain. I would come out just crying. I was in so much pain. And there was right next door, there was a pain management place. And so once, once you do one thing, you do it. The next thing I find, and people just go down the rabbit hole of like trying everything. So I tried everything. So pain management was the most excruciating thing I've ever done in my life. And what they do is they draw little circles, the trigger points, your neck, your back, and then they shoot this huge needle as you're awake. I don't know if it's what it is in it, but it's the most painful thing. And your blood sugar drops, and then they're like, well, you gotta ha have sugar and cookies to bring it back up. And you're supposed to have three treatments. I did two out of the three treatments. Because I would come out, I was crying, I was in so much pain, and I'm like, why is nobody helping me get better? I did a, they did an MRI at one point, um, I did acupuncture, I did all these different things, and eventually my grandmother was like, saw a little newspaper clipping, said wellness talk by wellness chiropractor, 10 minutes away, and this was in Gilbert, Arizona. And he's like, if your granddaughter has fibromyalgia at 20 years old, she's been very, very sick a very long time. And a light bulb went off in my grandmother's head. She had been a nurse. And she's like, oh, he gets it. And I worked with him for eight months. Found out I had two, food sensitivity, soy, two genes predisposed me to a gluten sensitivity. Uh, both said from both parents, uh, egg sensitivity and a dairy sensitivity. So that was when I was 21 years old, and it'll be 12 years this July that I've been off of those foods. I just turned 32 this month. So, I mean, that was a big thing was getting rid of those foods and doing elimination diet. But I tell people it's not just that. I feel like I worked through some trauma issues, too. And I feel like that's just my story, but it's telling people you can do it. You can get better. Like, I don't think you cannot not get better. You just need to put in the work. Yeah. And you've touched on so many different things. One, um, I teach Pilates, so I work with a lot of people that are in pain and injured, and the trauma part of it is a really big part of it that most people they don't even realize it's a part of it until they're sort of into that journey and things might not be getting better and then they realize there's a reason why things you know might not be progressing as quickly as you'd like them and until they go back and and work through some of that trauma they don't end up sort of progressing as much as they'd like so it's really interesting that you've brought that up because I just yeah, I I bring it up on my podcast because I feel like trauma is such a big thing and people it's the last thing you want to deal with, but it's it's such a big thing. And yeah. 
you don't deal with your trauma, it's always going to be there. That's it. And I think sometimes, you know, we kind of think, oh, that happened so long ago. It's not really relevant. Or, yeah, I kind of dealt with that because I pushed it to the side and kept going. But sometimes we actually have to, you know, delve right into it. And there's, you know, layers of it that people need to uncover. Um, And I always say to people, you know, you obviously have to work at it at your own pace and you might not be ready for that yet. But when you are, this is something that you probably do need to explore and trying to find somebody to work with um, and someone that you trust to is is a really big deal as far as what I've worked with as well. I find the same thing. Yeah. And with your food allergies, and this is what we're going to delve into today, because hearing somebody saying that they've had sensitivities to gluten, soy, dairy, and egg, most people kind of go, what else is there left to eat? Like that's kind of the general, oh, you know, what must you eat? So can you share with listeners a little bit about your diet and and your cooking and how that's evolved with the allergies? Yeah, it's it's funny. People say, like, what do you eat? And I'm like, well, I eat what what we're supposed to eat. (laughs) Like, I don't, it's funny. I think people think, oh, there's nothing to eat. There's fruits, there's nuts, there's seeds, there's protein. Like, I, I eat everything that is, like, what we ate probably hundreds and hundreds of years ago that we should have. I mean, I still have, I mean, like, there's things things that you can make allergy friendly that tastes good and stuff like that too I feel like if you want to have a sweet or something but I mean like you can still have stir fries you can still have you can have salads you can have roasted vegetables you can have your protein like I have smoothies I have like I have a mixture of different things. Like I don't, I don't be like, oh, I'm deprived of having pizza. Like I don't even think about pizza because like I haven't had that in 12 years. But I mean, like in the allergy friendly pizzas are awful in my. <laughs> <laughs> like I honestly, I mean, I'm in the U.S. and like some things you just can't like make replicate yeah (laughs) you can't replicate you can't i'm sorry you can't replicate dairy free i mean dairy free cheese is not good it's okay but it's processed it's whatever um it's not real it's not cheese yeah and like i mean like i have almond milk and stuff like that and you could actually make i've made home made almond milk for friends before and they're like oh this is so good like it's even better than store-bought and it's not that hard to make and like just simple things like that like I made a strawberry almond milk um just you just get a nut bag and you put in the almonds and you soak them and mix it up and with the strawberries it's really good with some vanilla and a little maple syrup if you want some but I mean like there's little simple ways to make food taste good, I feel like. And I think yeah. people people just don't put enough spices or they just don't make it. And right, we're very addicted to salt in this world. We're addicted to sugar and we're addicted to fat. 
And there's a really good book called Salt, Sugar, Fat, where it talks about like how the food companies make it so these foods taste so good. And it's because of those three ingredients. Yeah. And then all the additives and preservatives and things, they tend to stick on them as well (laughs) that make them addictive too. So addictive. But once you get like you get away from it and then you go back to it, you're like, oh, this tastes really overly sweet or like salty and stuff like that. Your taste buds start to change. Yeah. And I think, yeah, did it, you know, when you were sort of starting to explore cooking, you know, and, and cutting out some of those foods, did you find it hard or was it quite easy just to, to adopt and change? Um, I think in the beginning it was a little hard, but luckily I had family who was like, oh, I'm going to do it with you. So it was okay. But I think I was at that point and sometimes I feel like you have to be at that point where you're like, I'm going to do it no matter what. Cause I was at that point where I was so sick and fatigued and tired and I couldn't do anything. So I'm like, what, why not try this? Why not do it? And it takes time. I tell people, I always say like gluten can stay in your body for weeks up to months and you can't cheat. Right. And a lot of times with like, if people do elimination diets, like they don't stay on it for long enough. And like right now it's a big thing to go gluten free. And I'm like, well, gluten free products have so much bad junk in it. Like, sugar and like they're not even it's not even better than gluten and stuff but um so i find people don't go far enough with it and they just say well i did it for a week well you need to do it for four to six weeks longer i did it for like a month and i did things like i cut out the dairy i cut out the soy um i cut out eggs and I cut out like you might be you might not have be able to have like nightshade vegetables. You might not be able to have some of these other things that people talk about and stuff. It's not just the gluten. Yeah. And if somebody was sort of listening and going, Oh, I might want to start and try to start cutting out some of these things. Where would you suggest they start? Would you say suggest that they start with just one thing or go all in and do all of them? Like where what would you recommend? I think I think it depends on the person. I think we're all very individual, but if you've done gluten and it hasn't worked and stuff and you might have how long have you done the gluten? So if you've done the gluten for four to six weeks, do the gluten, but then also do all the other ones. But if you wanted to start with one, you could start with one, right? But if you are like me, I would say, and you're very super motivated, then do all of them at once and stuff. Because, and then you slowly add them back in. Like I tell people, like, I think, with gluten, you could, when you add it back in, make sure you do it and then wait a couple of days to see how your body's reacting and stuff because you got to see, oh, am I feeling more tired? How am I feeling after I ate that piece of bread or 
how am I doing? And then slowly add in the other ones. But it takes time and it's a slow process and you have to be motivated. And also don't do it like during a time when there's like, you're super stressed out or you're super crazy busy. Do it during a time where it's not like, don't do it during like the holidays or something. <laughs> or something or like something when you're like, so crazy with work or something do it during like summertime when it's slower or something or just do it when you're like i'm so tired of being sick and tired that i'm just gonna do this and i'm nothing is gonna stand in my way and then of course have accountability for it too because if you don't have accountability then you're gonna fall off we all have things in life where we're like i need accountability to get this project done or this or to talk to this person or I need accountability for this health goal. Maybe it's to work out or something. Maybe it's not something to do with your nutrition. So accountability is a huge thing. Hi, everyone. I'm interrupting this podcast just quickly to let you know about Lean 14. If you want to have more energy, lose weight, start moving and just feel really good again, but maybe you're not sure where to start, then definitely check out my program Lean 14. Now, Lean 14 is a complete program with a 14-day food and meal plan, recipes, shopping lists, Pilates workouts, templates for meal prepping and goal setting, as well as video trainings to help you kickstart your health and fitness. It really provides you with an easy to follow, clear plan of where to start with your diet, nutrition, looking after yourself, and the best bit, you can start at any time and there's no crazy food or expensive equipment or complicated instructions involved. It's really simple, it's easy, and best of all, it's effective. And I don't want you to miss out. To grab it now, simply head over to the show notes and click the Lean 14 link or head on over to the Mind Movement Health website and under the Programs tab, you can hit Lean 14. Now, this program is based on my 18 years of experience of working in the health and fitness field and the results that I've gotten for thousands of women that I have worked with during that time. So head on over to the show notes and check it out because it will change your life. Yeah. And I think what you said before, if you've got somebody in your household that is doing it with you or, you know, that you can like talk to and, you know, get help with in prepping food and things like that, that that can be helpful as well. Yeah. I find if you have someone, if you have family who's doing it with you, then you can't fall off the bandwagon because they're going to eat the same food you're going to eat and stuff. They're just as motivated to see how their health is going to change too and stuff. Yeah. And with your, once you did start doing these changes and sort of cutting out these foods, what were the sort of, you know, how did you feel and, and what did you see sort of change in your symptoms around fibromyalgia once you made these changes? Um, yeah, I, saw that my fatigue went down um i don't struggle with pain um my hormones leveled out like my hormones were up and down um the biggest thing i tell people is like i got my life back and like that's what i tell people um i could do everything that 
I could do, I couldn't do before. I couldn't run errands. I was barely getting out of the house because I was in so much pain. I was barely going to church. I was barely doing anything. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, I didn't do, I was in, I missed out on a few things. I missed out on life, but there was a reason for that. And that's why I tell people like, you don't know like what you, if you change your start today, changing your health. Okay. How is your health going to be at 10 years from now? And like, who are the new people that are coming into your life? Right? Like, that's the thing. Like I didn't know 10 years ago, I have a two and a half year old niece and I have a second niece coming this year in March. So like, I didn't know that then, but if I did prove my health back then, then I wouldn't have been able to play with those kids and be an aunt that I'm supposed to be for those two little girls. So I think about it that way too. Like, who is like the people in your life that you want to be around with in like 10 years or the people you don't even know that are going to be important to you? Yeah, I think that's a great way to sort of look at it because we don't know what's coming ahead. And if you're not feeling amazing anyway, I know a lot of people when I will speak to clients and they'll say, you know, I think we should look at an elimination diet. Maybe they're suffering from, you know, an autoimmune condition or something that they could really benefit from. And like you were sort of saying with gluten, you know, you can start an elimination diet and start with a couple of weeks. But when it comes to gluten, it could be two to three months that it's still sort of staying in your system. And they think that's such a long period of time. Like it's, you know, mind blowing to them that they'll have to to try to go two to three months. But if this could improve your health for the next 20 or 30 years, then, you know, in that grand scheme, two to three months is like no time at all. Exactly. And you have to have a big why for your, why you're going to do it. Sometimes it might have to be for somebody else, but you have to realize, okay, I have this why and nothing's going to stand in the way of why I'm going to get better. Yeah. And for listeners that sort of are like, yeah, this is sounding pretty good. I might be able to do this. Could you share with us sort of like what your sort of day on a plate would look like and the types of foods that you kind of eat throughout the day for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Uh, yeah. So usually for like breakfast, I'll have like a smoothie, and stuff like that, almond milk, strawberries, um, protein powder, or I'll do some sausage with like, and I'll just cook up. I keep my meals, sometimes I like to do recipes, sometimes I keep it super basic sometimes, but like just spinach with like mushrooms, olive oil and stuff like that, I cook it up. Uh, lunch is usually leftovers or stir fry or like a salad like today I did a kale salad with like and stuff so I mean like I keep my like I cook my own recipes too I have my own recipes the dinners like whatever I want like soups and stuff like that too like it depends on the time of the year like yeah like I'm in winter so I want like warm stuff right now but you're in like Australia, right? Yeah, so it's summer um, here and it's hot. You're hot. <laughs> you're hot, but I'm in Texas, so we're like, we could be 
we it's so funny our temperature is like all over the place but like it's like 60s today but um so it's not super cold but um i mean like like i made a mushroom soup i mean like i make like cauliflower soups like i like to be like i want to try a new recipe let me try a new recipe and stuff but then sometimes i just like i'm simple like i just want to like do something simple like roasted vegetables with sweet potatoes and like chicken and just keep it simple right but i think it's whatever is easier for for the person right you could meal prep if you want cook up a bunch of food in like a couple like one day and then like have it over several days or do or if you want you could just do like breakfast as your first like start and just cook up meal prep breakfast and then maybe start with lunch a couple weeks later and stuff like that and add on i think people make it too complicated when it's yeah. really <laughs> it's not that hard i mean like if you if you want to make recipes and you love doing recipes, do recipes. Like I love doing do recipes. I love trying new recipes. So I'll like, that's my creative process. And that's what I love doing and stuff. And that's why I went into nutrition. Cause I love being creative and stuff. And I love cooking, but like, you don't have to overcomplicate it. Like it doesn't have to take too much long. And I think people think, oh, it's going to take me so long and everything. Not if you just make sure you have a protein, a vegetable, and like sweet potatoes or something easy. It's not going to be too hard. Yeah. And I think it's just thinking of like, it's really going back to the basics, isn't it? It's going back to whole foods. You know, it's not hard to chop up a few veg and put them in the oven, just a small olive oil, salt and pepper, and roast them. And then, you know, that in itself is really delicious and you can sprinkle on some sesame seeds or pumpkin seeds and yeah. you know squeeze a lemon and you've got a meal essentially so i think it's some garlic sort of, some olive oil yeah it's like you said it's kind of um just reframing and and maybe going back to basics and if you're not familiar with cooking you know having a basic recipe to follow can be great but it doesn't need to be one that has 30 ingredients and 25 steps and takes you two hours to to create it none of my none of my stuff do i i'm the type where i'm like let's make it easy and stuff because there's so much we're doing in life but also we need the energy to do the things we need to do yeah and snack wise do you find you get hungry and that you you know your body type likes to snack and if you do what do you generally snack on or do you kind of find that you can just go from meal to meal and not really worry about snacks um I mostly go meal from meal and stuff because I've gotten to this point now where like I eat if I don't eat good quality healthy food at a meal time then I realize I'll snack more I'll snack and stuff I mean I do and I do um the only time i really do snack a little i feel like it's when if i'm just tired and stressed so that's a big thing i find if you're tired stressed you might go snack more um and also during that 
hormonal time and stuff is where I tend to snack a little bit. Yeah, I think <laughs> most women do. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that time where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm like always hungry. So yeah, that's it. And is there some sort of, do you tend to snack on like a handful of nuts or fruit or is there any sort of like foods that you know at the supermarket are pretty good and you know you tend to go for like a, a pre-done protein bar or something like that um I don't I feel like those most of them are pretty bad so I just now I've gotten to the point where I'm like like a couple months ago I tried tried something and I'm like oh that's like really sweet I'm like I can't have that anymore so now I just stick to like nuts and stuff um apples and stuff like that yeah again just basics going back to basics hummus like zucchini that stuff carrot I mean not really carrots but um just back to the basics I feel like I mean I do when it's at the time of the month I will have like popcorn but that's my one thing that I do have yeah uh, we love making our own popcorn in my house. Yeah. My girls, my girls love it, yeah. and just watching it pop too. <laughs> that's my one thing. <laughs> and is there anything you know going through your journey that you've kind of gone? I really miss having you know this this one food, or is there anything that you kind of feel like you you still wish you could have, or have you sort of found a substitute for most things? I feel like I found a substitute for most things like was it's interesting with like regular milk I don't miss that um I just go to almond milk but um soy you could actually have coconut aminos if you want to cook with that takes the place of soy sauce but I don't cook with it very often but um I really don't miss anything the only there might be one the one thing i always tell people and even i had a friend say oh he wish i could have this um but is i wish i could have eggs that's my one thing because i i get tired of protein and stuff so having eggs would be a nice like substitute for like protein um yeah but it is what it is type of thing but like egg substitute doesn't take the place <laughs> yeah um i have a mild egg allergy i developed after having my second daughter so i have yeah. to be really careful around eggs and i always say my husband will like cook up scrambled eggs and i'm like oh i i miss being able just to have like scrambled eggs on toast with avocado and stuff and i'll still have like avocado yeah. toast with tomato and some dukkha and stuff but yeah I agree sometimes I'm like if I could just have some eggs it would be amazing <laughs> I mean yeah just like something different for like breakfast I feel like breakfast is a little harder sometimes I feel like but yeah but like you said if you know and, and I'm the same if you know that your health is benefiting from not eating it then the benefits far outweigh that sort of you know gratification yeah. of having that one meal Right. Now, I know you host your own podcast as well. Could you share with listeners, you know, a little bit more about your own podcast? Uh, yeah. So it's it's interesting. Um, yeah, I hit the 100 episodes with this podcast. But uh, I 
feel like with my podcast, it's all about, I, it used to be, it was very into, it was all about, it was started off with like fibromyalgia, but then I was like, in the last year, I was like, you know what, it's expanded more into, so it's all aspects of holistic health. I've had trauma experts, I've had mindset experts, I've had all of these different people talk about things and I'm like, it's hormones, it's pelvic pain. Like I have had a wide range of guests along with solo episodes, but I've also just like people to hear inspiring stories. If people can hear an inspiring story and be like, oh, that person did, they turned their life around. I could do the same. Then that's a big thing. So that's a little series that I started last year. But I just love people to know that like cooking healthy is not a hard thing to do. Like you can change your life through nutrition. It just might take some time. But what's it's the biggest thing is the benefits like years, 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 and it'll add to your life. Yeah, I agree. I kind of have that same sort of belief in that holistic health. You know, it's not just, it's great to change your diet and, and it's, you know, a great place to start. But if we're not then looking at our sleep and our stress and, you know, these yeah. other factors, you know, you, people often give up and go, oh, well, look, I, I did the diet thing, you know, and I changed my diet and, and nothing really worked. And it's like, it's sometimes it's not just about that. You've got to look at everything else as, you know, really interconnected because that's what it is. And it is a process and it does take time. So I love that you're kind of on the similar path and that sharing those inspiring stories is really important, which is why I wanted to have you come on today because, you know, hearing a lot from, you know, even just in my studio and from clients and people that reach out that suffer yeah. a lot with pain. So like yeah. fibromyalgia, and they don't realize that changing their diet can actually change their pain. It doesn't have to be a, a physical movement thing as such. No, I, I think that's the problem with people who get diagnosed with fibromyalgia is that um, we get pushed, oh, it's exercise, exercise. And I still hear from people who are like, well, why have you done an exercise episode? And I'm like, well, diet, I feel like is way more important than, than that. But I mean, I do have an exercise episode coming out soon, but I mean, like, I think it gets pushed that exercise is going to fix it, but exercise is such a small part of your daily day and stuff. And I feel like nutrition is such a huge more part. And I feel like exercise is like, what people think is going to fix it. And I'm like, no, it's probably your nutrition. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's nutrition first and foremost. Yeah. And then exercise is like the, sort of the sprinkling on, you know, yeah. that, can, that can definitely help. But yeah. um, it's like they always say, you can't um, exercise your way out of a bad diet. Like it just it no, doesn't can't. work. <laughs> people you like can't. to try. but People like to try, but... You can't exercise all day long. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Whereas when you look at how many times generally in a day most people are putting food in their body and it's something that we do every day of our life, then there's a lot more, you know, that we can change through that. So I think it's a, a really great message to share with people. 
Now, can you give our listeners one thing that they could take away today and instigate straight away that would have an effect to change their health? One thing um, I see, get someone to be accountable to, because if you're not accountable to whatever that health goal is, maybe it's the elimination diet, then you're not going to stick with it. Yep. I think accountability is, it's one of those like huge things that people will say, join a new program thinking that they, you know, I don't know what to say. They want to get fit and they want to start exercising. They know how to do that anyway. What they're really joining the program for is that accountability to to make sure that they're getting that feedback and that follow through. And I think it's one of those things that people sort of tend to underestimate but can have huge flow on effects if we do have that accountability. So I love that you shared that. Now, can you uh, leave listeners with where they can reach out and connect with you and follow you on social on that? Yeah, my Instagram is Amanda Lee's Love, and my podcast is on all platforms. It's Amazing. And what's your podcast title? Uh, covering All Aspects of Holistic Health with Amanda Love. Cool. So we will link that all up in the show notes too, and uh, hopefully listeners can uh, head across and have a listen to your podcast and listen to yourself and some amazing guests talk about other health topics because I love that, you know, there is so much information out there nowadays from amazing experts and especially I'm, I'm always trying to promote, you know, women and women's health. So, um, yes, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.